Hello, welcome back to another episode of Zenith Podcast. I'm your host, Cesar Davila. This is where we explore culture, relationships, nature, art, consciousness, and the appreciation of life. I'm here with Rodrigo Navarro. He's a personal fitness trainer as well as a vegan athlete. Welcome, Rodrigo. Thank you for having me, bro. I've uh, been really excited about joining this podcast with you. I have a lot of things that I can, you know, talk about with you, and I've been really excited. So thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no, dude, thank you for coming. It's so crazy because, like, I mean, we first knew each other in high school. But high school was already, what, like seven years ago? <laughs> Seems like a century for me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, the older we get, the the more of a memory it becomes. And after high school, I think I saw you in Planet Fitness about five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after that, like, I remember you told me you used to work there. You worked there and then you told me, like, you used to work out as well. And then mm-hmm. you were, try- I think you were trying to be, uh, you were already trying to, like, um, doing training at that, that time. That's right. Yeah. I, I don't think I was a trainer just yet. I might have been in my last year. Um, at Casa de Lay. So I was probably still studying. Um, and um, Planet Fitness was actually my part-time job. So that's kind of where the beginning of everything started. Ooh. And then now look at you. <laughs> so you're a fitness trainer right now? For where? So I work at a private gym. Uh, it's called uh, Six Sense in Ontario. Okay. And um, we just opened up. A, one of my buddies is uh, the owner. And he opened up a new door and new opportunities for me. And I couldn't take up the opportunity. So... I'm actually all the way out there in Ontario now. Oh, congrats. And how did you get there? You know, it, it took a lot of uh, time, patience, and um, I would say just learning. Um, I've been in the industry for about five years. So I went from commercial gyms first and kind of worked my way up into private so that I can be earning one more income and actually getting my name out there instead of uh, commercial gyms taking all your money as a trainer. So they yeah. they take a lot of percentage. And to be honest, as a trainer, I don't think commercial gyms is the way to go in the long run, but it is a good start for everybody. So you started off first with commercial and then you went into private. How long did it take you to go from one to the other? So it's it's very interesting because When I graduated from Cal State LA, my goal was to be a trainer right away. So I applied for Gold's. Uh, right here in West Covina and I got hired and nobody gave me any guidance so I really was only there for like two weeks bro to be honest and I think that shows enough that I didn't really want to be there anymore it was a disaster the management was horrible I didn't have anybody to guide me so I was only there for two weeks and then I bounced to LA Fitness same thing they weren't offering me what they initially told me, what the income was going to be. And, you know, I need to make a living, of course, for myself, pay off bills. So um, I only did a few weeks there. And to be honest, I actually took a year and a half pause. I needed a job. So I went into an agency to be working customer service and office. Mm, okay. So you can only imagine going from working, you know, um, going from Cal State LA, getting a degree, and then not going to what my dream was going to be into a, a office job just to be right there was a, a big downer for me. So I took a year and a half off. Then I just decided this is not what I want to do. I want to be a trainer. I want to give it another try. So um, I got recertified. And then that second try, I really put all of my effort into doing this again. And then it took me about a year to really kind of set my name apart from a lot of other trainers. Um, I worked at a boot camp. It was like a semi-private boot camp gym in uh, El Monte. 
is Wolfpack Fitness. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was there for about six months. And then from there, I partnered up with um, Jose, which is now my partner at, um, at Six Sense. And then that took me to a whole nother level. That's oh, where the private, um, private gym, private training started. And that was right before COVID. Oh, okay. So the beginning of 2020. Like literally, I'd say maybe 2020. No, I'd say like mid-February 2020. Oh, okay. So like a month before officially everything kind of shut down. down. Yeah. So you've had the same partner for about now two years, right? Yeah. And he's been really a good guidance for me because without him, I don't think I could get to where I am today. He's Agreed. helped me a lot. Yeah, he's helped me a lot. And we've bounced each other off with ideas and just knowledge. So he also got a degree too. So I didn't just want to partner up with anybody. Yeah. And um, he definitely just took me to a whole nother level, bro. And I'm really grateful for that. And what did, did you get your degree on? So I'm a, I got my bachelor's degree in kinesiology. And the emphasis was rehabilitation and therapeutic exercise. Oh, wow. In short, it's just what occupational slash physical therapists pretty much go through. So I wanted to work with people with injuries. Got it. At least I thought. <laughs> well, ba- I mean, based off of what you did in school, like how much of that information do you think was, uh, like, do you still hold valuable like to, like to this day? I'd say every day. I hold a lot of it because a lot of my journey was understanding how the body works. Well, first, anatomy and physiology, of course. But understanding how the body moves, what um, movements do to the body, and how to reduce injuries so a lot of those classes that i was up studying all night where i had headaches where i wanted to quit it really does tie into my career every day now because i'm training people and i still remember everything that i learned so that i can provide them the best service and training as well Dude, that is really good yeah because like it's it's one thing like learning everything like through the book and then Mm -hmm. as, as yourself you clearly practice what you're learning absolutely not just with what you're learning in the book but also like practicing through the workouts you know because like of the of your body you know you obviously mm-hmm. take care of it really well so it's really i i guess i could see that's really valuable information for people that you're going to be working with mm-hmm. to know that you understand what you're saying you know your shit but you know it not just of off of experience but also based off of knowledge that you went in school yeah. so that's definitely something that's valuable i'm really happy that like the knowledge is valuable to you because some people i feel struggle with that yeah. They struggle with going to school, getting their bachelor's and doing something that they didn't want to. Yeah. And it being kind of like, oh, I just went just because I needed a, a degree and not really for the, the valuable knowledge that the, the education could have provided. Absolutely, bro. You bring up a good point. And I like that you said um, through the books, there's some stuff that you can learn through the books, but there's other things. It's, it's got to be experienced, too, yes. right? So I think I tied both from what I got out of the education in school and then my personal experience tying them together just really brought me a different perspective to fitness and um that's what i want to bring to everybody that you know is in my circle and who wants to work with me to bring them a different side of how fitness should be i think it should be fun i think it should be challenging i think it should be a constant growth for a lot of people it's it's so crazy looking at you now because like eight years ago, back in high school, you were tall, thin, you were a soccer player, you know, how did you find this passion of yeah. fitness? Yeah, bro. Um, you know, I started off, you know, I've been an athlete most of my life. I'd say soccer was my first love, right? <laughs> love for the game was always there. But I realized around high school, when, I'm not going to go pro. <laughs> LA Galaxy is not going to pick me up, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I decided I kind of had to let, not necessarily let it go. But I had to find something else. So that's kind of what, you know, fitness has started for me. Planet Fitness was my first gym. And um, I felt like 
I just wanted to grow. I wanted to be like you hear most guys say they want to get big, they want to get strong, have a lot of muscles. And that's what it started off with. But then it, it turned into so much more really quickly because I became addicted. It was like a drug, like feeling better every day was was what I seeked. I wanted to challenge myself. It was awesome. And when it came to working out and just, I guess, being exposed to the whole world of like gym culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some things that like you noticed? I guess you you don't you didn't notice when you first started compared to now when it comes to the effects of like of going to the gym every day and like the addiction aspect of it. Yeah, you know it 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 starts off with wanting to do something to look better, right? I think a lot of people want to look better, be more confident, but then now going into my journey now about eight years in, I see it every day as just a part of my day. Instead of it being something that I feel like I want for other people to impress other people, I do it for myself. So now it's almost like without it, I feel I don't feel like I accomplished my full day. It, it's definitely turned into a lifestyle. And that's what I want to apply whenever I train anybody with my clients or just friends. I tell them it can't be a chore. If, if it's looked at it as a chore, I got to go to the gym. I just got off work. I'm tired. It's going to be so much harder. But if you actually go and, you know, treat that as your therapy hour, I think everybody would view it differently and maybe stick to a plan a little longer for the long run. Ther- therapy hour. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Let's actually dive into that, I guess. So mm-hmm. you see it as therapy, right? Absolutely. So it's not just something that's just like a physical thing, but it's a mental thing as well. Yes. I would say it's actually more mental than physical, I would say. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of elaborate on that? Of course. I feel like going into the gym gives you an opportunity to grow physically and mentally. So you have to go in there with the mentality that you want to be better than you were yesterday. And if your goal is not to be better than in a sense, where are you trying to move every day? So I feel like it's a, it ties into what life is always wanting to grow, always wanting to learn, always trying to be better because feeling better is not enough. I think it's it's got to be something that you got to solve a problem. You know, in our life, we always have problems. So I think going into the gyms can solve a part of the problem. Okay, so I, um, since you have eight years of experience when it comes to this, is there anything you notice that going to the gym and this uh, what lifestyle has taught you indirectly? Mm-hmm. Have you ever like had like have you ever like kind of noticed anything like that? Yeah, um, I I've definitely learned that every day is different when you go into the gym, you know, and you can't expect to feel great every day. There are going to be days where you're not going to be motivated because I'm not motivated every day. I'd lie to you if I said every day I'm motivated, right? Yeah. But like I said, now it's become a part of my day. It's my lifestyle. So I've learned that there, the long-term growth comes from constant work, constant suffering, constant pain. And I take that as far as like learning things, like kind of, you know, falling down and getting up twice right? You have to fall in order to get up. Otherwise, where are we going to go from there? So I think indirectly, it taught me to really always focus on what you want out of this. And I've always wanted to just help other people. So I realized it's not always just about me anymore. It started off with me. And now it's more, what can I provide to the world? So indirectly, it taught me that this is much bigger than myself. It's, it's brought so much more meaning to me in my life to to share that with other people that's beautiful dude and like the fact that what you're doing is benefiting other people like health wise like long-term wise you're helping them like just become better people you know um is there like an aspect of it that 
was challenging for you whether it was like socializing being a leader like giving people like being the sometimes a good cop bad cop you gotta you gotta be an asshole sometimes like, yeah, like yeah, how is that <laughs> it's funny because um my partner jose and i talk about that a lot i'm the good cop <laughs> I, I figured <laughs> he's the bad cop so okay. he he's not an asshole or anything he's just a little bit more of what you see or feel what a coach would be like mm, okay. he's gonna be riding your ass he's gonna be pushing you he's gonna maybe talk a little crap to you but on in a friendly encouraging way it's not gonna be to put you down it's gonna it's gonna elevate you if anything and i'm more of the good cop where i'm still gonna challenge you no matter what but i'm gonna encourage you the whole way because what i learned as a challenge in the beginning was how to adapt to different personalities that's been a big challenge yes i was literally gonna ask you mm -hmm. that yeah yeah and and everybody is of course different so how can i maneuver my personality to work with everybody that i work with which is about like 15 to 20 clients you know in the week so that was a big struggle in the beginning i have always been a shy guy i don't know if you knew this in high school but i've always been very shy very um more timid until i started to work out that's what gave me the confidence right so i feel like that was a big struggle in the beginning. I was like, man, I suck. <laughs> I was like, is this really for me? Am I going to be able to have people continuously want to work out with me? But once I kind of like tuned it down and just realized like they actually want to be here. So let me just give them the best that I can provide. It just relaxed me a little bit and it just gave me so much more confidence. Yeah. And like the whole relationship between trainer and trainee, how like, is there like a balance that you need to like kind of keep when it comes to like friendship versus like coaching type of thing yes definitely it it even though i do want to come off as a friendly person and let them know that yeah we can be friends but i'm your coach first i'm your trainer first right Got it. so they first need to know and understand that we're going to come in to work on them you know what they want to work on whether it's to look leaner to look bigger to challenge themselves whatever it may be but we're going to we're going to have a couple of laughs while we're training in between right you know it doesn't have to be just like a, a such a serious session it should be fun and enjoyable but at the end of the day it's challenging it's got to be able to be challenging for them to grow yeah exactly mm -hmm. so within the last two years obviously a lot has changed when it comes to going to the gym due to what's happened with covid you know mm -hmm. and we we're kind of talking about this before recording on how that allowed you to adapt to multiple different avenues of how to train yeah yeah how like what are some ways you learned or like what are some things you had to adapt when it came to like after the whole lockdown and having to deal with covid oh man so once i started to do private training maybe a month before the whole covid surge started happening and were you in a private or public uh, uh at that point i was already at a self-made so a private gym okay but i barely got my foot in the door i was barely there a month bro damn so, and then this happens <laughs> yeah this happens and i was like you're kidding me man like but you know i in the back of my head i was like okay god has a something better for me in the future and sure enough he showed me that right away and what happened from there is I had to adapt, right? We had no gyms open at the time. Very few people had maybe home gyms. People started buying equipment. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy my own equipment. So I was like, some of my clients want to train still. They can't be at home. They're, they're, they're getting like cooked up in there. And so was I. So I was like, I need to do something. So I adapted into more of like training people at the park. I trained uh, one of my clients at her house. So that was really cool and different to experience and get creative. It really taught me to be like, well, you have minimal things. You don't have all these fancy equipments, but I can still bring them a good session. And we all need that, right? We all need a good therapy hour, whether it's working out or a different hobby. So I was like, you know what? I had to take like a big step forward and just realize that this is what all I got and I got to work with it. 
Got it. And when it when it comes to being a personal trainer, um, one thing we talked about was just like the whole good cop bad cop that thing. Mm-hmm. But like, when it comes to people who are looking for personal trainers, what are what are some like I guess advice you'll give them when it comes to them? Because it's kind of like, uh, kind of like I guess therapy with therapists. Not every therapist is the same, you know. So if That's one right. doesn't work with you, maybe another one will. Like how like do you do you see certain categories of trainers in your field? Yeah, man, there's a <laughs> there's a lot. I'd say there um I like that you by the way that you said that you know, you got to kind of like figure out what who's best for who because yeah. maybe I'm not the right fit for everybody. And that's okay. I had to kind of accept that. But there's a lot of I would I like to say alphas <laughs> in the industry. There's a lot of uh and I'm speaking about male trainers right now. Yeah. Male trainers, I feel like a lot of them feel like they have to present themselves like the best, right? on how they look and i think it's not all about looks even though i believe the person should try to resonate who their trainer is someone to look up to that's not i don't think that's enough because then well they could be working out but have they trained somebody else just because they know how to work out doesn't mean that they know how to train somebody else i mean right? it's just like the the term like coaches don't play sometimes at least you know yeah no yeah. you're right like sometimes it, it it's not enough to just look good and I think that's a category that a lot of trainers in the industry nowadays, especially with social media, you know, blowing up in the last few years, that's what their focus is to look the best. But it almost comes off as I think, like intimidating. I, I'm trying to think about it in the perspective of someone that's barely getting started. Like you see someone just flexing their muscles and looking great. And it's like, that's awesome. But what more do you have to provide? I think when people are looking for the trainers, they need to do their research to see their credentials their personality, previous clients, and essentially what kind of energy they bring because I think they need to enjoy who trains them, you know? It's, it's going to be their hour, so they should be able to enjoy who's with them within that hour. Yeah. So that's a big advice, I would say, for a lot of people. Do your research. Um, don't go to the first person right away. And, you know, definitely look for someone that's going to not waste your time and, and bring whatever the person wants them to bring for their goals. Yeah, and, and looking at your Instagram, I see that, like, you do multiple posts of like showing different workouts you know and that's something that i think is really cool because it's kind of like a, a a public platform to like give people this information that like they don't necessarily have to pay for yeah but i mean with that being said you recently started something that people could pay for <laughs> right yeah yeah you're right um i definitely um felt like one it, it's it should be backwards a lot of people think well let me bring them a, let me tease my viewers a little bit on what i provide and then i'm gonna be like hey this is how much this is i want to do i want to do it backwards i want to provide free information so that people see like wow this guy actually can bring us hopefully something knowledgeable and teach me something then if you want to go in for more like you said i now have my uh, online training app that i just started and i'm super excited that's been where most of my time has been after like i train yeah um so so yeah, man, it's cool to provide different uh, avenues of like knowledge that I can bring. And what made you want to start the app? It's it's a really cool thing to dive into because that's actually what got me really really into bodybuilding. I um, I have a guy named uh, Julian Smith. He's a big uh, guy in the industry fitness world, and he started off with his program online but it was a website at the time like about five six years ago and it was just literally like a pdf like typed up workouts and that was enough because i already had enough knowledge to know what that was so i'm like oh cool four sets of this three sets of this drop set that so that was something that was like wow i like this i don't i just go into the gym log into my website 
look at the workouts and I don't waste any time. So that was like such a big jump for me to understand what bodybuilding is. And I was like, this is really cool. I like this and I want this. I want this one day for me. So that was like the main thing that since then, about five years ago, I was like, one day I'm going to bring out my own. So yeah, man, that was essentially what got me thinking of what now is my training app. And what is it called? So it's actually called Relief Fitness. So my brand name is uh, Relief, just on its own. But it's spelled R-E-L-E-A-F. Of course, for leaf, like a, a plant. Oh, okay. For uh, veganism. Mm-hmm. Veganism. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into that later. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Okay. And so with the app, how, how, did, how did you format it so that like, like in ways to train people Mm -hmm. so i took the idea of the guy that we mentioned julian smith where he would provide daily workouts it was literally everything that he did he would just do it a day before and then he'd upload it so it's like i felt like i was almost working out with him because i was doing the same things he was i was just changing my um reps uh, sorry my sets and everything the weight because you know this guy's a lot stronger than me so (laughs) i was like okay let me take it down a little bit until i'm ready so that that's what i provide on my app i want people to feel like they're working out with me without actually being next to me or costing an arm and a leg because it's an investment right yeah so i wanted to be like reasonable for everybody and easy to follow so just daily workouts you know it's like a story you click like an instagram story right oh that's that's really cool you click on the like circle like the you know the little thumbnail and then it kind of drops down all of the workouts for you so that you can pick which day you're on and then just kind of follow up with me and is just like a monthly type of thing where like they they subscribe like monthly for it? Yeah. So um, as again, I wanted to make it a reasonable price for everybody. So the first month for everybody, I have it a dollar down for the first month. And then after that, I like to say for the price of Netflix and Hulu, fourteen ninety nine. dollars uh, No no um no contract nothing so people can cancel cancel at any time yeah and of course the goal is for people not to cancel so they can see value in the app yeah and of course again i didn't want people to feel like you know it costs an arm and a leg for that do you like do you offer like a type of like consultation or something so that people can kind of get to know you before they decide to invest into the app you know what? I, I haven't even thought about that. That's a cool thing for me to bring up. So at the moment, I don't. But I do have essentially an intro if people click on the link in like my bio. Yeah. I have a video about a minute me just talking what the app is about and what I'm about. Yeah. So I guess that would be sort of a consultation, but not a formal version of it. Yeah. So, um, you know, because I want people to know and message me directly so that they can feel my energy. Yeah. Um, but I like that idea. I think that would also bring in a lot more, um, you know, trust from people that maybe might not know exactly. me. Exactly. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good. And, um, how long did it take for you to like come up with the app? Um, I'd say from the moment I applied to the app because I worked with, uh, developers. So the actual app itself is called playbook. So I worked with Playbook and I applied to be a creator about, I'd say, three to four months ago. Oh, and I, I one day, I don't know what happened, man. I just kind of like was feeling down and a little unmotivated. I felt kind of stuck in where I was. And I was like, I need to do something big. I need to do something that is going to challenge me again. So I just threw a Hail Mary and I just applied to be a what they call a creator on the app. And um, they have to like review everything. They go through your Instagram. They go through, you know, everything to see if you're worthy of going onto their app. And um, about 
a month and a half later, I, I got the email that said, hey, congrats, you've been accepted to be a creator. And my heart just dropped, man. I, I was so excited, so happy. So it's been about four months in the making of now what it looks like so simple. Nobody sees the back end stuff, but about four months. Yeah. What an amazing like switch to go from unmotivated to do something about it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, it's so easy to feel unmotivated and not do something and like not do something about it and dwell on it and kind of accept defeat. Yeah. When you kind of did the opposite, like you, 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 you saw yourself, you became aware of the situation you're in, and instead of like dwelling on just like accepting defeat, learned helplessness, you decided to just do the hell Mary. Yeah, dude. I, I literally just. Something in me, I don't know exactly what it is, but something in me just has a strong drive for wanting to do more. And I think it's been, you know, my upbringing of like not really having much growing up and like my family providing as much as they can. I was like always learning that nobody is going to do things for me and I got to do it myself. So I kind of just had a moment where I'm like, I got to get my ass up and do something. But I like that you say that, man. A lot of people go the other way. And I feel like, no, we should use that as uh, motivation to, to do agree. something that we really want to do. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. And w- when it comes to like what you're saying with that drive, you, do you feel like you might have been like born with it maybe? It, or like it's something that like it developed in time? You know, it's it's funny because I've been trying to figure that out for a while because um, I've been hearing a lot more of that, man, in the gym. And, you know, just my friends tell me like you, you just carry something with you. And I don't mean to say that to be cocky or anything. It's just stuff that I've heard recently. And um, I hear it more now. So I, I think that everybody is born with a drive, but they've got to step on the gas. Ah, right. I like that analogy. Yeah, it makes sense. We're all in the car. You just got to step on the gas. Yeah. And also like finding what you're good at and Mm -hmm. finding like the passion, you know, because like some things like people don't know they're good at it unless they try it, you know, and others like you already immediately know. Like, for example, right here, I'm sitting with you. This is this is what you're good at. You Like I mentioned before we started, this is your gift. And you have such good personal, personal skills for, to bring me on. And I'm just like, this is your craft, right? So this is what you're kind of going with. So it's, it's cool that you can relate to that in your own world here, right? Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And I think something that helped me figure out, like, what I'm good at, which I think people can practice on, is kind of like, take steps backwards mm-hmm. on your life and major events and kind of things that you feel led to what you're doing now. You know, like right. for instance, like me with the podcast, it didn't start as like, Oh, when I'm 11 years old, oh, I want to start a podcast. And I'm older, <laughs> you know, but right. like uh, looking back at life, I realized that like, um, I've always been super social, like extremely extroverted. Cause there's a spectrum with like introvert and extrovert. You yeah. know, it's not just black and white. You're mm-hmm. not one or the other. There's a spectrum. And I, truly believe that i fall in the far end of extrovertedness it's really hard for me to be shy it's really hard for me to like not like to like shut up you know (laughs) so like i kind of figured out like oh i'm really good at this what can i do with it and then that's when like that's when you when you put when you push press on the pedal you know like and um i guess when it comes to like training Mm -hmm. i have a question with you when it comes to that like when you're do you help people develop that pedal if so like how does that like, how does the process go? Because I feel like it takes a lot of patience teaching people that, but like it could be extremely rewarding. You know what? You're right. Um, it, it does take a lot of patience because again, not everybody is the same. So a method that I do for somebody might not work with somebody else. And I have to kind of like switch my game plan now. So yes, patience is definitely something that it comes with training because um, 
getting results and looking different and trying to achieve a goal is not going to take a week, right? Yeah. It's going to take a little bit of time. So I need patience from first myself and also uh, my client. <clears throat> so as long as they understand that and they trust me, the process goes pretty smoothly. And it's not, it, it makes it um, much more enjoyable as we go. So I think that it's definitely something that um, it, it comes with, you know, my career. And I have to I have to, how do I say, I have to adapt to everybody else. So once I do that, I start to realize like, okay, they get a little happier and more motivated when they are like, oh, last week I couldn't even squat, you know, 45 pounds, but now today I can't. Or they remember where they started and now it's like, wow, look at the growth we've had in one month. I want to continue. It's like a drug, right? Where they're addicted. They want to get better. Yeah, yeah I feel like that's when it gets addicting, like seeing the results, you mm-hmm. know? So um, one thing about... I guess patience and what you're saying with your career, something I noticed that you kind of added into your book and added to your portfolio was bodybuilding. Yes. And you just recently entered a competition for bodybuilding, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Like, like what made you want to do that? You know, um, it, it ties back into that guy. I keep, you're probably gonna hear me say him a couple of times cause he's, he's my like influence into bodybuilding. Um, Julian Smith, he, he started off, you know, just working out, and then he finally did his first show after like maybe eight years. Oh wow! Kind of pretty just close, like, yeah, yeah, right. Pretty that, close, yeah, to, just like you. <laughs> pretty close to what I did, right? <laughs> and he took his time, and I I heard him say one time that this is not going to be fast. Like people that just do a show in their first year or two, they maybe are going to get let down because these other guys have been working for ten years, and then they're barely stepping on stage. Yeah. So it's it's definitely like what we call like muscle maturity is kind of like what develops Ooh. over time. Mm-hmm. So. I just fell in love with bodybuilding, body sculpting, I call it too, because that's, I feel like I almost got like a little thing and I'm chiseling away at my, um, what, uh, my canvas, right? Like my own canvas. Yeah. Like, chiseling. yeah, like your body's your canvas mm-hmm. in which you're working on it. And, and like the weights are like my to- uh, paintbrush or something, right? Yeah. I know that's just crazy. Cause like looking at the pictures from your competition, it blows my mind of the definition of each muscle that can like pop up and show up, you know? Thanks bro. And how like how do you get that like, I mean okay that's a that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty very like not, okay that's not a good question don't eat no I'm just kidding <laughs> um, how I guess like when it comes to the minuscule of definition mm-hmm. I guess it's really like it's what's important is the technicalities of what you're working on right absolutely um, it, it definitely comes into a lot of nutrition. So uh, dieting, getting the proper calories into your body, or maybe like restricting calories, I would say, would be a better answer. And then from there, the training aspect comes into it. So with those two together, your body will eventually change right over time. And then from there, you know, we, it's not, I would like to say it's not a safe place to be at when you're like on stage, like that is not normal. Like people should not be in that state of their body for long because it's not sustainable it's yeah. kind of it's actually kind of dangerous because we're so low on carbs and energy that you still have to go up there and flex your muscles and try not to cramp up so it it definitely is um it ties into a lot of different things but for the most part i'd say it has a lot to do with just mentally restricting calories and also still going to the gym every day and you know doing the work for sure so with the whole bodybuilding uh Turn, like what is it, a tournament or a competition competition mm-hmm. okay competition what was your like what was for you personally what was like the most difficult aspect of it and what was the easiest aspect of it i would say the hardest thing i had to come across the competition was the posing 
because you know all working out and stuff like you know everybody kind of looks at themselves and kind of sees okay let me see if i have some abs here but there's actually like a, a art to it and judges are actually judging you based off of how you show off your body and the, the technique yeah. right like, so i can't just go up there and give them like a double bicep flex and just be like check me out you know yeah there's a very uh aesthetically there's a specific look i would say that they're looking for you have to have the tightest waist the most chiseled abs the biggest back the nicest chest and also make it look like you're relaxed while you're doing that so while you're flexing super <laughs> yeah. hard you got damn that is art that is that, that's, that's so talent. all the like your footing matters your hips your everything and try not to cramp while you're like flexing your muscles very very tightly and looking relaxed dude it's tough it's really tough yeah i mean modeling is something i feel people think it's easy but obviously there's an art and there's a technicalities and skill mm-hmm. that comes behind it and that's something you probably learned yeah definitely it was a big learning lesson for me that i needed to work on my posing more um, but the easiest thing I would say was the actual working out. A lot of people say that like the, the, the cardio and the workouts are just, they get tougher and tougher as you get closer to like your show day. But for me, again, this is my life. I love this. Yeah, it I fueled love, you more probably, yeah, it right? it fueled me more because I was like, man, like these guys are over here like struggling. Like, I'm enjoying this process. Like I enjoy the pain. I enjoy the suffering because I know I'm going to come out stronger after I'm done. And when you finished how like how did you end up uh with the competition man it it was crazy because i went in there with no expectation right i wanted to not let myself down in my first uh competition i wanted to enjoy it i wanted to just be in it right live in the moment and from that i actually placed second in my class so they they uh, differentiate it from height right like 510 to 511 511 to 6-1 which is where i was in the category <laughs> these guys are huge so these guys are I like imagine, yeah. i was actually the shortest one dude i barely made 511 oh, so i was damn. up against so you these, think, like do you feel like you were at a disadvantage <laughs> that? like mentally maybe or i, I want to say yes but i don't think i was because everybody you know has a fair training ground i think yeah you know but i i kind of wanted to use it as an excuse but at the end of the day i'm I'm only like, you know, lying to myself. So I I don't say I had a disadvantage. I just had my first experience, I would say. Um, But placing second actually got me a really great opportunity, bro. Um, Now, because I went second in that show, in my first one, it allowed me to qualify for nationals later this year in about five, six months. So what that means is I have a shot to be considered a pro bodybuilder in men's physique as a vegan athlete so that that doesn't happen too often i only know personally one guy that's done it um he came out on game changers a documentary on netflix about like veganism so he's really big in the industry his name is namai delgado and he did it and i was inspired by that i was like you know what i want to be a part of that vegan community that's like a bodybuilder and a professional so i feel like that just opened up so much more opportunity for me and so much more drive so that's now my next goal in like five six months Wow. And when do you start preparing for that? Or are you already, have you already started? Technically right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now I sh- I'm, I'm already on that mentality where like I'm, I'm still dialed into my calories, making sure that I get all my food in, making sure I get all my workouts in. But right now I haven't reached out to my actual coach to get the official game plan going just because I have a few other things going on right now with my with the app and um, just trying to focus first on my business, making sure that all my clients are taken care of. Once that's set in stone, I'm pretty I'm very soon going to reach out to him and it's officially going to start again. Damn, dude. And when it, since you're a vegan, how delicate is uh, the diet, especially like 
with what you are already giving yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it definitely is. Um, I think people have the wrong notion that I, I'm at like a disadvantage that I don't eat meat because that's what people think provides muscle, right? But there's a lot of other ways. As long as it's protein, then you will grow muscle. It doesn't necessarily mean meat protein. Okay. So it, I don't think I have any disadvantage. I feel like if anything, I have the advantage because I feel so much leaner. I feel like a lot lighter, more energy, and I have better quality workouts, um, more blood flow to my working muscles. So I think if anything, it's helped me so much more. And I've been trying to reach this message to everybody out in the world. But, you know, without saying, hey, go vegan. I just want to show people like this is what you can achieve if you want to without eating meat. That's something I feel will definitely help when it comes to bringing people on board to what you're doing mm -hmm. is not like exactly what you're doing, not telling, not telling people, <laughs> hey, go vegan, but like yeah. showing them what you can do, what can happen and yeah. what are the results if you go vegan and mm -hmm. using yourself as that. And that's been my message all along, bro. Just like you don't have to, nobody has to, but this is the lifestyle I chose and this is what happens. This is what you can do. Mm-hmm. The power of vegan, man. The power of veganism. And if you're interested in hearing more of veganism, just tune into the next episode with Rodrigo Navarro. We're going to get in-depth with veganism and with the whole fitness community, fitness life. And that will be next episode. For now, thank you for tuning into this episode. And I'll catch you next time at the Zenith. Thank you.